బైబిల్ ట్రెషర్స్ టాపిక్ ట్వెల్వ్ థింకింగ్ వెల్కమ్ టు ది సౌండ్ డాక్టర్ టెలికాస్ట్ ప్రైస్ గాడ్ ఫర్ ఆల్ ద కరెక్టివ్ టీచింగ్ దట్ వి రిసీవ్ విత్ దిస్ సిరీస్ ఆఫ్ టాక్స్ వై డూ వి స్టడీ డాక్టరింగ్ we don't study doctrine for mere academic interest it is necessary that we study sound doctrine but it is useless unless it affects our lifestyle paul wrote so much about doctrine to his young disciple timothy for example if you study the first epistle and the second epistle that he has written to timothy so much of doctrinal content in it but you find that invariably paul was finally arriving at the change of lifestyle through this doctrine turn with us to first timothy 6 chapter we will read to you the third words if anyone teaches otherwise and does not consent to wholesome words even the words of our lord jesus christ and to the doctrine which is according to godliness you find doctrine he stresses must be according to godliness it is not an isolated scripture text he tells it in so many other places also for example turned with us to second timothy third chapter the 10th words you have carefully followed my doctrine and manner of life immediately after talking about doctrine paul speaks about his own manner of life his own lifestyle turn with us for an another scripture text in book of romans 6th chapter and look at the 17th words god be thanked that though you were slaves of sin yet you obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine to which you were delivered in other words earlier you were under the slavery of sin a form of doctrine has been deposited to you because of that doctrine which has been taught to you you are delivered from the slavery of sin once again come back to what paul wrote to timothy turned with us to second timothy third chapter 16th words we have referred to this scripture verse very often all scripture is given by inspiration of god they are profitable number one for doctrine and by teaching doctrine what happens you know it follows there is reproof there is correction and there is instruction in righteousness doctrine should not be an end in itself doctrine should lead to a life of righteousness thinking is of super importance i'm going to take you to the scripture text then you'll understand how thinking is so fundamental and foundational for your christian life take for example book of proverbs 23rd chapter and we'll read the seventh verse the first portion of that verse as he thinks in his heart so is he as a man thinks so is he 
you are not more than what you think you are not less than what you think either that speaks about the super importance of our thought life come with us to book of jeremiah 17th chapter i will read to you the 9th and the 10th verses heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked who can know it i the lord search the heart and i test the mind you know heart is more deceitful than anything that is in the world there are so many wicked things in the world but the heart is even more deceitful than all of that we want you to come to the first book of the bible book of genesis 6th chapter read to you verses 5 and 6 and the lord saw that the wickedness of man was great on earth and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continuously i want you to look at a few words in this verse it says every thought was evil and then it says it is only evil and it says it is continuously evil every thought was evil it was only evil and it was continuously evil i believe this is the saddest words in the whole bible if you look at the sixth words and the lord was sorry that he created man on the earth and he was grieved in his heart beloved because the heart of man was so bad the heart of god became so sad Yes, the thought life of man is the root of all that man is about. So don't ever throw the blame of your failure on another person. Your heart is good, you are a good man. If your heart is bad, you are a bad man. Your heart condition is responsible for all your behavior. just like the other topics that we study for this topic also we would give a negative approach how not to think now we want to study once again 10 lessons like the earlier subjects how not to think now we will begin with lesson number 1 today do not think too much of yourself do not think too much of yourself whenever this has been the repeated teaching of the apostles all through their writings take for example romans 12th chapter the third words i say through the grace given to me to everyone who is among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think this comes with a tone of authority and it is not just for a select group he says for everyone who is among you not to think more highly than what he ought to think that again is repeated in several other writings turn with us to second corinthians third chapter and look at the fifth words 
Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think of anything as being from ourselves. Our sufficiency is from God. We should never think that we are able to do something. We are able to accomplish something. We should always realize that all that we are able to do is because of God's enablement. Nothing more. Galatians 6 chapter. The third words. If anyone thinks himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. Basically, shall I tell you something? All of us are zero. We are nothing. Before God, we are nothing. And we are nothing. If we think that we are something, it is only self-deception. How can we get over such a situation? We need a supernatural transformation of our mind. That's what Paul was stressing when he was giving the 12th chapter of Romans. Many of us are very familiar with the passage. And look at the second verse. Don't be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You know, he talks about renewing of your mind. I'm going to give you some practical guidelines, beloved, as you are watching this program, as to how you can avoid thinking too much of yourself. Number one, do not think that you know everything. Technically called a know-it-all attitude. Now that is very severely and seriously condemned in the Holy Bible. Oh. First Corinthians 8 chapter, the second verse. If anyone thinks, you know everywhere that word think gets repeated. If anyone thinks that he knows anything, he knows nothing as yet he ought to know. In other words, any time in our lives we should realize that what we know is much less than what we ought to know. In other words, we should always be filled with what I shall call as a learner's attitude. That's what Paul was about. You know, he had so much of revelations. In fact, he has abundant and overwhelming revelations. And he was giving about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. He was writing about the gifts of the Spirit. Word of wisdom. Word of knowledge. Prophesying. Well, writing about the gifts of wisdom and knowledge and prophecy. You know what he said? Our knowledge is imperfect. And the second guideline I want to give you. Do not boast of whatever you have. You have a good family status and your grandfather was so and so. People by marriage they say, My father in law is so and so. Beloved, I want to tell you this family status is what God gives you, not for boasting about. You know, there was John the Baptist by River Jordan. The Jewish people they came to him. You know what John the Baptist told them? Do not think. To say that Abraham is your father. You know, he was trying to correct their thinking. Because John the Baptist knew where the root problem is. That's why he said the axe is laid at the root of every tree. So if God has given you a good family status, don't boast of it. Simply thank God for it. God has given us good skills and talents. Praise God for that. 
We should not be puffed up by our talents. Turn with us to 1st Corinthians 4th chapter, the 6th verse. You know, he was presenting himself and Apollos as examples that we should not think beyond what is written. And then when you come to verse 7, he gives a question, challenging question. Who makes you to differ from another? What do you have that you did not receive? If you did receive whatever you have, why do you glory as if you had not received it? Shall I paraphrase this statement for you? We don't have anything original in us. Everything we have is what we have received from God. Whether it is after your rebirth experience or before your rebirth. Nothing of what I have is my own. It is all what I have received. If I have received it only from God, why should I boast as it is my own skill and my own talent? Because I want to add a word of testimony here. When I was a very bright student in the college and in my studies, in everything I was plus, plus, plus. Oh, I was just filled with arrogance and pride. And I began to develop that better than thou attitude. And about my height, and about my memory power, about my oratorical skill, everything was trying to puff me up. Praise God, when I came to the foot of the cross, the Lord began to deal with me. Even today as a preacher, every day I have to realize nothing of what I have is what is my own. Everything is what I have received from God. Maybe you have a good position in the social status. I want to give an example. The centurion, his servant was sick. He picked up some leaders from the Jewish community. And he sent them to Jesus. My servant is sick. You know what they told Jesus? He is very much worthy of this favor. Because he has also built a synagogue for us. But Jesus went to his house. But you know what the centurion said? Oh, I am not worthy. People are telling he is worthy. But he says, I am not worthy. He said one more word. I don't even think that I am worthy that you should come under my roof. You know today how do the big officials treat the preachers? You know they think preachers should think that they are great in society so they should fall flat before them. Beloved position is what God has given you. Stay there humble. Now God might have given us a lot of preference. Towered his favor and grace upon us. You should not immediately think that's because there is something inherent that is very special about. That's what the Jewish people were thinking. They thought because all the enemies were cast out before them. They thought those people were wicked and they were all very righteous. What God told them. I have simply chosen you by my grace. Make some covenant with the early forefathers. To fulfill the promise I made to the early fathers, I am just using them. The third counsel that I want to give you, do not set your mind on high things. The book of Psalm 131, 
I want to read you the first two verses. Lord, my heart is not haughty, nor my eyes lofty. Neither do I concern myself with great matters, nor with things too profound for me. I have calmed and quieted my soul like a baby. If only we control ourselves from involving and interfering in matters which are too much for us, we will be good Christians. That is how we can associate with humble people to maintain the spirit of humility. Jesus was equal with his father, but he did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. Humbled himself, took the form of a servant, and the Bible says, Let this mind be in you which was in Christ. God is in heaven. Lofty God. What does he say? Someone whose spirit is broken. Someone whose heart is contrite. I will dwell with him. For what? I will revive him. Do you want personal revival in your life? Don't run here and there. Kneel down. Humble yourself before God. Realize your nothingness. There the Spirit of God and the grace of God shall flood in. He will give you that reward. How not to think? Do not think too much of yourself. Shall we pray? Gracious Heavenly Father, thank you for the correction that came to us today. We are all guilty of the sin of pride. Oh, we think too much of ourselves. Oh, help us, O oh God, to become more and more God-conscious. Help us, O oh God, to be really broken. Not to be proud about any of the blessings or favors we have received from you. Thank you for the promise that you will revive the brokenhearted. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.